0: Michael Knowles blows up the internet by commenting on trans ideology. Lives of TikTok gets canceled again. And if there's some programmers out there, there's some opportunity for you. And everything, everything is racist. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Well, I've been talking to someone that I know, um, family member. And I just finished, and she's young. She's probably 17. And she has a, she has a half-sister that, and this, this comes to mind. I'm actually going to write an essay on this. It won't be part of a podcast. It'll just mention. And she, her half-sister is basically being neglected by her parents. And her it's her father's daughter. And she goes over there. She goes over to her father. And she stays with her father to take care of the child. And her life is suffering because of it. And I've talked to her. I said, you know, you're not going to be able to save your sister. It, it, in the long run, it's only your half-sister. Uh, it's really up to the parents. And you've got college coming up. And she's very smart. She's going to go to college. Probably UCLA or something like that. That's how bright she is. And I keep telling her, what's going to happen when you go to college? Are you just going to skip college? Well, one of the things, one of the books I read just last month was Catcher in the Rye. And if you don't know what Catcher in the Rye is about, uh, Holden Caulfield has decided to, in his youth, has decided he's going to be the Catcher in the Rye. And what the Catcher in the Rye is, there's a rye field and the little kids The rye field represents as a metaphor for the world. And the little kids are running around the rye field. Of course, they can't see because they don't have the experience in the world. So they just run around the rye and they play and they do whatever. Well, the catcher in the rye is the, the kid that sits on the edge of the rye patch right next to a cliff. And the cliff is the bad things in the world that happen and the catcher in the rise job is to fight to catch the kids before they fall off the cliff here's the problem and this is what happened with holden caulfield here's the problem um you can't catch all the kids and you can't stop the evil in the world and you can't stop the kids from learning about the evil and the bad things in the world And throughout that book, what makes it such a powerful book is that when Holden Caulfield cruises through New York because he's been kicked out of another school, because Holden Caulfield, wanting to be the catcher of the rye so badly to protect all the kids in the world, he has sacrificed his life to be that mythological catcher in the rye, to protect his sister. And the way he couldn't protect his brother, his brother died of cancer. It's a very powerful book. I, I'm sure everyone who listens to this podcast has read that book. But they read it at a time that they're just maybe not mature enough to understand it. Now, me being 50 years old, I now understand the book because I've seen both sides. And one of the most powerful lines, and I use this line all the time, I used, I used it before I read the book last month, I mean, I've, I've used this since I was in, in probably in my 20s, is when Holden Caulfield realizes he can't erase all the F-words in the world, he sees an F-word on the wall, and he tries to clean it up. And the reason he tries to clean it up is he doesn't want his sister to see it, and he doesn't want her mind to... Poisoned by this effort and her start asking what does that f-word mean? It's a very powerful book. I thought about it and actually I'm going to be changing my website a little bit I'm going to add a section called essays Essays will be long form They will be just random thoughts. They'll be a lot longer. It'll be a different page on my website and that's going to be the first, the first essay that I put in there. Because me and this girl, we had this long talk yesterday. And yes, she's related to me. I just won't say who. We had a long talk about it. And she she agrees. She understands. She wants to be that catcher in the ride. Now, luckily, she's not sacrificing her life for it. But she's going to have a hard time when she has to move on. And her sister... It's just going to have to learn the world on our own. That's a pretty deep thought for a Monday, but it was something that I was thinking about all weekend, and so I thought I'd bring it up as a little kind of an opener. I hope you had a great weekend. Now let's get to the news. Not too much news this weekend, Uh, basically because Joe Biden, again, is on another vacation uh he took off to delaware now if you're not keeping track that is 304 days of vacation for joe joe biden and i mean real vacation his trip to ukraine won't be considered a vacation but him going to delaware not being in the white house is basically considered a vacation when he's just cruising around he's unavailable he's on a weekend lid 304 days now he's been president for two and uh, what two years and two months now two years maybe three months that's maybe 700 days that's 40 percent of his time in office has been spent on vacation remember last year or when president trump was on there president trump would go down to mar-a-lago uh, I think it was one weekend a month. He would go to Mar a Lago, and he would play golf, and then he'd come back Sunday. A lot of the times, he would just be boarding a plane on a Sunday, and they'd record it. Yeah, well, and they were complaining all oh, the vacation he takes, blah 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 blah. Well, and they said he took more vacation than than, than Barack Obama. Well, here's a little news flash. Um, Barack Obama also had, like, wars to deal with. He had Libya, he had Syria, he had Afghanistan. He had, a, he had a mess in the world. And so he had to be in the office more. Donald Trump had peace treaties in the Middle East. The only president in my lifetime that's never had to fight in a war. So he was able to take a little bit more time to relax. And by the way, if anybody needed time to relax, it was it was... Donald Trump, because he was constantly being beaten up by the media. But Joe Biden, almost half his time as president, he's on vacation. Listen, this guy doesn't want to be president. Not only is he incompetent, not only is he uh, um, delusional, not only can he not speak, he is also in. He is also doesn't want to be in this position, and he proves it by continually going on vacations. All right. Well, finally, it happened. I mean, Merrick Garland went to Ukraine. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, he's a federal officer that's in charge of the law in the uni- within the United States border. He typically doesn't worry about what's happening in Ukraine. So the, Zelensky couldn't have been all that thrilled because unlike Biden and Yellen over the last two weeks, he didn't bring a bag of cash. He just kind of went over there and say, we will do what we have to for as long as it takes, whatever. And he took his pictures with them and he left. Uh, I don't know. I am personally personally, I think it would be better if he stayed in this country and worried about the crime problem that we're having. And I don't mean parents and school boards or Catholics or anything like that, that he's actually targeting. I actually mean the crime. This weekend, 35 people were arrested in Georgia. And my understanding that's even gone up to 45 were arrested in Georgia Throwing Molotov cocktails and rocks, and tearing down machinery in in Atlanta, Georgia, at a police training uh, compound. And he's worried about. By the way, um, nine uh, wait, uh, January first, January sixth. Um, where are you right now? And all those people that were arrested down there were not from Georgia. Most of them, I think it was something, something like 30 people were not from Georgia. And so, where is he now? Is this January 6th? Is this another January seventh? Well, of course, the media is not talking about it because they absolutely hate um, the police. So, that's okay. <coughs> the other question I have is, um, how dangerous is it in Ukraine? I mean, it seems like everybody's, Sean Penn's been there, Ben Stiller's been there, the president of every country has been there, I, I mean, the vice president, everyone's been to Ukraine. Is it really that dangerous? I'm just getting the impression that there is some BS we're not being told, even by Fox News. There is some BS we're not being told. Okay, in our final bit of news, this is kind of sad. Ted Sizemore, Sizemore who starred in Saving Private Ryan and Black, How- Black Hawk Down, he died at the age of 61. He died of a brain aneurysm caused by a stroke. Now, this poor guy, great actor. He was a great actor. He had major problems with drugs. He, uh, it's not surprising that he passed away because he's been struggling with drugs just his entire life. And this guy, uh, he when say he was filming Save it Pri- Saving Private Ryan. Part of his contract that, um, I can't remember who, uh, Steven Spielberg, made him sign is that he would stay off of drugs and he was tested. And the second he would be on drugs, they'd just replace him. I mean, that's how serious his drug... And that's how great an actor he was. That Steven Spielberg saw this as the perfect role for this guy and he wanted him so bad in this movie and he turned out to be a fantastic uh part of this movie that he would risk his drug addiction just to keep him there so rest in peace i thought he was i think he's a great actor it's really sad that he's gone all right now let's get to our first story This one I wasn't even going to include until I I saw it, and then I had to. So Michael Knowles of the Daily Wire sure lit up social media on Sunday. He was at CPAC, and he was giving a speech. CPAC is the um, big Republican PAC, very conservative PAC, and he gave a speech. And his speech involved transgender uh, ideology. So, listen to this speech, and you'll listen. Conservatives typically will listen to these speeches. It's the Democrats that typically don't listen, and then they make stuff up, which they did. So, let's listen to this part of the speech, because this is the one that actually lit everything up. And what was really weird about this part is that both conservatives and the left used this same clip but how everyone reads it differently let's listen
1: to what he said there can be no middle way in dealing with transgenderism it is all or nothing if transgenderism is true if men really can become women then it's true for everybody of all ages if transgenderism is false as it is if men really can't become women as they cannot then it's false for everybody too and if it's false then we should not indulge it, especially since that indulgence requires taking away the rights and customs of so many people. If it is false, then for the good of society, and especially for the good of the poor people who have fallen prey to this confusion, transgenderism must be eradicated from public life entirely. The whole preposterous ideology at every level.
0: Now, here's the thing. He's absolutely correct. He is attacking the ideology, and he's saying it's a bad ideology. Not, because, not, not that you know, you're a bad person if you're a transgender, but the ideology itself is flawed, and it is. Men cannot become women. Women cannot become men. It is simple biology. And when you have an ideology that is based, that is based on a lie,
1: Mm.
0: that ideology must be rooted out. But that's not what the left heard. And, of course, the left can't have that. For them, that's a big problem because that's what they're living on right now. See, the left depends on lies. They depend on it. They depend on tricking people into taking what is normal, what is natural, and destroying it. That's what their goal is. And this transgender ideology is part of that. It's like capitalism is evil, families are terrible, religion is is oppressive, things like that. This is what the left does. And this transgenderism is just part of that. The big problem is a lot of this stuff is built on lies. And this is part of it. So, California State Representative Scott Weiner really got the ball kicked off. Um, now, Scott Weiner is a terrible human being. I mean, he is—he is the pinnacle of the left when it comes to sexual identity, when it comes to genderism, uh, transgenderism, everything like that. Gay man up in, in in Sacramento, California. This genius wants to lower prison sentences for pedophiles and rapists. We'll talk about this later this week. I don't think we're going to get to it today. But when we, we get back to the California model, because California is, again, making a mess of everything. Um, he thinks drag and transgenderism should be taught to your kids as young as five and six years old. This guy wants pedophiles not to serve jail time. California has a law out there right now that says that a pedophile will only get two years in prison. And he also believes that children have the right to consent. So a 10-year-old has the right to consent to a sexual relationship with uh, with a, a grown man or a grown woman. He believes this. He said this, quote, these words... We're in a speech by a major right-wing figure at a national conservative conference. It call it's a straight up call for genocide. That's what they. That's what this fight is about. They want us gone. Um, Michael Knowles didn't say anything about killing people or a genocide. And by the way, as as. Uh, As um, Matt Walsh points out on the Daily Wire, um, genocide does not apply to transgenders because genocide means genealogy. It means genes. A genocide means you're targeting a specific race or a specific creed or something like that. Whereas, I guess you could call transgenderism a creed now because it's become religious. But the fact is, he wasn't talking about the people. You want to dress up in dresses... That's absolutely fine. That's up to you. You want to walk around and call yourself a woman. That's absolutely fine. Don't make me call you a woman because you're not. But he wants a death to this ideology because this ideology is attacking. This ideology is trying to change the norms in this country. And that is what... um, Michael Knowles is calling for Matt Walsh is calling for Libs of TikTok which we'll talk about in a minute is calling for is to eliminate that ideology root it out of our institutions because it doesn't belong there it does not belong in these institutions the fact of the matter is um, the fact of the matter is they wanted religion out of schools and what happened to the schools now? Now this has replaced it as the religion. Critical race theory has been taken, the filled the void that religion once filled. These have become the religions for the left and these institutions. Well, here's the thing. Um, everyone saw that. Everyone heard the same clip. And everyone knows this garbage, it's just wrong. And Twitter exploded on these people. They well, before we get to that, I forgot about the important part. Um huffpo The Rolling Stone, Yahoo News, The Daily Beast, they all fell into that genocide trap. They all wrote that day, which was yesterday, articles about how Michael Knowles wants to commit genocide against the against the trans community. Whatever the trans community is, they, there's really no community of trans people. It's just a bunch of guys who think they're women and women who think they're guys. And so Michael Knowles pointed out, uh, you know, that's slander because I didn't say that. And Daily Wire and the daily wire and michael Knowles threatened lawsuits and guess what all these publications did ran with tail between legs they changed the titles they changed the articles i believe HuffPo pulled the article completely off because they were afraid of getting sued you know why because they know that's not what he said he wasn't talking about genocide or killing anybody he was talking about getting rid of one of those lousy ideologies out there. It's like Satanism. You know, I there seems to be this thought that we are not allowed to have normal, not allowed to be normal. We're not allowed to have standards. Well, transgenderism, Satanism, critical race theory, these are standards we should not accept. And right now, we're beginning to see the pushback. So, the everyone flipped out on Twitter, and I thought it was great. Because, finally, conservatives seem to be blasting, outblasting, uh, uh, the left on Twitter. Especially on this one. People did, there were a lot of leftists that basically did the talking point, and their responses, they were getting basically ratioed. Because everyone just said, that's not what he said. That's not what he said. I probably replied to five or 10 people saying, that's not what he said. That's not what he said. So here's a journalist, Mark Hemingway. He had a, he had a statement, quote, transgenderism isn't an orientation or anything we historically recognize. It's an overwhelmingly new mimetic ideology where Confrontationally, transgressing against norms is part of the kink. The trans community are the aggressors here. It's absolutely correct. No one can argue with them. It's not, it's not the straight community that's trying to infect the institutions. Disney, again, is, is trying to push this trans thing with their new Peter Pan. We talked about that last week. Here's podcaster Liz Wheeler. She tweeted, Good day to everyone, especially Michael Knowles, who was absolutely correct when he said we should eradicate transgenderism. The cultural practice of indulging psychiatric delusion to the point of mutilating children's healthy bodies and erasing women. Again, no nothing controversial there. That's what they're doing. Matt Walsh of the Daily Wire, of course, he had to say something. Because Matt Walsh has been talking about this for the last six, seven months now. Quote, he is, of course, completely right about this. Transgenderism as a concept and ideology is false, poisonous, and destructive to both individual and societies. It needs to be destroyed entirely. Again, the ideology. All right. The fight to save children from this lunacy is but one phase in the overall war. Now, don't forget, this is a social contagion. This is a so this transgenderism is a social contagion. And you can tell it is. Because 10 years ago, have you ever heard of transgender? How many people declared themselves LGBTQ or whatever, or a trans kid? Not many. And not to mention, where is this transgenderism Happening in Oklahoma, Texas, Florida? Of course not. It's happening in California and New York and Massachusetts and Washington, D.C., Oregon, um, Washington State. That's where this stuff's happening. You go to Texas, you don't see any of this crap because it's a social contagion. And then this, this is the one I really like from Jim Hansen who used to be a former Special Forces member, and he's an author now. Um, Michael Knowles didn't call to eradicate transgender people. Rolling Stone changed their headline to avoid a lawsuit. But transgenderism, better known as queer pedagogy, should be removed from public schools. It's the destruction of the normal. That's what we're calling for. I'm not saying ban uh, ban, what is it called? Uh, ban, um, drag shows. I'm not saying ban uh, people from wearing dresses or anything. You want to do your weird crap. Do your weird crap. But keep it away from the kids. Okay, so that was the big controversy this weekend. Okay, so, in our next story, uh, I talked about how conservative outlets should start working to create alternative products and services for people who want the stuff, products and services, but don't want the woke lecture that comes with it, and that they can actually take benefit of these products and services without getting banned because you believe in something that they don't believe in. I... One of the things I have with companies, companies shouldn't give a damn about your opinions on anything. They should be there, make some money, provide a service, provide the best service out there, take your money, and everyone does whatever they do. Okay. The biggest problem we're seeing now is banks. Banks are beginning to, to do this kind of crap. That's that ESG, environmental, social, and governance standards that a lot of these banks are using. Well, according to the Daily Wire, the software company Slack informed Chaya Raychik, the founder of Libs of TikTok, this week that it permanently suspended her from being able to use their, their services over a violation that the company would not disclose. Babylon B CEO Seth Dillon is a top supporter of Libs of TikTok, posted a screenshot of the email that the company sent explaining their decision not to do business with Raycheck. Quote, We are waiting to let you know that we have suspended your workspace, and she gives the workspace, for violations of our acceptable use policy. As highlighted in Slack's acceptable use policy, Slack may exercise its right to suspend or terminate your access. We have refunded the most recent monthly charge of $75 to your credit card You can expect to see a refund on your our card in five to seven business days. We can provide you a copy of the data stored in your Slack instance using the electronic uh, file transfer request. If you don't know what Slack is, Slack is a collaboration software. It's a a cloud-based collaboration software. So you can have meetings, you can chat, you can share applications and make changes to applications in a group setting. It's kind of like Zoom, but a little bit more broad. It's not just video. Um, if you don't know what Libs of TikTok is, and I'm sure you do, they're they're horribly popular. Libs of TikTok is a an account on Twitter, and now they have their own website. I think they, they're spread all over the place right now. Libs of TikTok basically takes videos from TikTok of transgender, critical race theory, all of this stuff... And posts what these people are saying. That's all it does. Very little commentary. All Rycheck does is post what somebody else is saying about this transgender crap. Well, they got rid of her because they don't like what the leftists are saying, I guess. Because she's not saying anything. She's just posting what, reposting what other people are saying. So I'm not exactly sure what they're suspending her for. Well, if you're a conservative, if you're a developer, or you just want to be a rich guy, and you know how to develop software, you know how to program, my suggestion is create yourself a collaboration uh, tool. Make it available, make it cheap, make it work, and then sell it as. We don't give a rat's butt what you're talking about. No terrorism or things like that, but you could make yourself a mint. And I i mean, I don't quite understand how these companies, I, there's got to be a point where people are going to be able to sue this stuff. So if you're a conservative out there and you know how to program, I mean, because the biggest, the biggest platforms like Slack are Slack and then Microsoft Teams has one. So you want to make a mint, Create a, create one of those platforms and then sell it as free speech, we don't care who you are, boom, you're in. Now, there's another story of a canceling, and I know I'm running late, but I'm going to run late. According to Fox News, PNC Financial Services Group, Inc., abruptly terminated its business relationship with the news aggregation app company launched last year by Donald Trump Jr. and former Trump spokesman Taylor Budovich. Fox News Digital has learned which the company called the latest move by woke corporations to silence conservatives. Now this should scare you a lot more because banks are really still kind of necessary. I'm discussing some with someone right now about um matter of fact I have to get a hold of them about going getting my money out of a bank and putting it someplace else just because I don't trust these banks. Bank of America is worse, believe it or not. And they're one of the biggest banks. And unlike what Josie thinks, Wells Fargo is no good either. They're all pretty much the same. (coughs) But when banks start attacking or start canceling people, that becomes a real problem. Alternatives, people. Alternatives. We need alternatives. Now, there is, and I talked about this a couple of months ago, in Oklahoma... There are conservatives that are actually acquiring banks. I believe. Um, oh, what is his name? I can't remember their names. But it, a bank was acquired by a set of political figures that are conservative, and basically all they're saying is, "You can do whatever you you want. We we're not going to change anything." Banks are supposed to remain neutral. They're not supposed to be. They're not supposed to be political at all, but we're already seeing it. MasterCard, Visa, American Express. Now they are marking down when you purchase something with guns, purchase from a gun store. So they're already telling you what you can and can't do with your own money. That's scary. That's really scary. And, oh boy. Okay, in our next story of course everything is racist everything is racist according to me everything is in 2020 here is another really dumb story i mean by the new york times i, I gotta tell you I, I subscribe to the new york times and the washington post just so i can read stupid ass stories like this and this story was not a short one. This story was like three to 5,000 words. It was really, really long. I couldn't believe that someone actually allowed this to be published at the New York Times. And it just shows how stupid they are. Okay, so this is a, this is a story entitled Black Equestrians Want to Be Safe, But They Can't Find Helmets by McKenna Oxenden. And, of course, she's white, so she wouldn't know any of this. Again, this broad wrote over 3,000 words on this crap, and I couldn't believe it. But you will get the gist of it in the first three four paragraphs. It really is, it's really a dumb story. I, I did, I read the whole damn thing. So you can thank me for reading this story and wasting my time and probably killing brain cells and for subscribing to these stupid newspapers so that you don't have to. Okay, let's start the story. Chanel Robbins was, has been riding horses most of her life, ever since her grandmother traded a cow for their family farm in, in Ontario for a pony when she was seven. Galloping through the fields on her pony, Star offered an escape from thoughts that waited on her, weighed on her, that she didn't have a relationship... Ship with her biological parents for instance or that she was the only black girl in the neighborhood aside from her sister about eight years ago she reconnected with her father a native of jamaica as the two grew closer mrs robbins decided to style her hair in locks dreadlocks like her dad but there was a problem her riding helmet no longer fit
1: mm-hmm.
0: and she couldn't find one that did quote, finally freaking feel like myself, and now society is asking me to change, end quote, Mrs. Robbins, tw- Robbins, 27, of Alliston, Ontario, said as she choked back tears, quote, I just want to be able to ride, end quote. Okay, so here here's the thing with this, and that, it goes on and on and on. We're not, that's all you need to read. Here's the question I have for you. What is exactly racist here? The horses, horse riding, the helmet companies that make the helmets? Or is it the haircut that she needs to get in order to ride horses? This article was, by the way, kind of all over the place. They did suggest that maybe it was horse riding itself. I mean, that's that's in the title. But it also kind of suggested that she needed to cut her hair to ride horses. And then she suggested that the helmet companies were racist because she had to cut her hair. So I'm going to make a wild, wild suggestion here. They were calling everything racist because everything is racist. Okay, so let, let's take a look here. So horses, just like sidewalks and bridges, are unaware things. They don't know whether you're black, white, green or yellow, horses don't care. So as far as her response that horses are racist, that's a stupid argument. Horses are not racist. They don't care. So we're gonna blow that out of the water. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a limb and say she did not say that horses were racist. But I mean sidewalks are racist, bridges are racist. So maybe, maybe that is what she's saying. Who knows? Now is horse riding racist because she can't have dreadlocks. Well, it says that in the title. So I've got a feeling that that's probably what she meant, but the question is, is it racist? The subject of the article can the subject of the article, this gal Robbins, she can still ride a horse. She says in the article that she wants the rider, she wants to wear a helmet to be safe. But she doesn't have to wear the helmet. The writer, Robbins, decided to grow her hair out into these huge dreadlocks and now can't find a helmet that will go on top of her head. So she feels unsafe with riding without a helmet. And she even admitted her grandfather had fallen off the horse and had a neck injury. So she had reason to feel uncomfortable. No one is saying she can't ride the horse, but if she wants to wear a helmet, sometimes you have to conform and cut your hair, or at least have your hair in, at a decent length. I mean, this is standard stuff here. The sport isn't racist because you've decided to physically change yourself so that you can't, you can't perform. It's kind of like, art for me, it's racist against white people if I lose both my arms and I can't paint anymore. Painting is racist. It's stupid. You have gone in and you have made a decision, and that decision now no longer allows you to wear a helmet. And the helmet's thing, so equestrian is not racist because you have to wear a helmet and helmets are not racist because you decided to grow your hair to the point you can't wear a helmet NASCAR has requirements for for helmets you have to have short hair to wear helmets in NASCAR why those helmets fit exactly your skull which is the point of a helmet if you have really long hair Your helmet cannot protect your skull because the hair is going to be moving the helmet all over the place. You don't see a lot of car racers in NASCAR with huge dreadlocks. Football players, same thing. If you're in high school football, you have to get your hair cut. Why? Because the helmets are not customized. You have to put the helmet on your head. It has to fit your skull. And if your hair is too long... They actually tell you you have to cut it or you have to go out and buy yourself a custom helmet. The NFL, when you see these these NFL players wearing the big helmets with their dreadlocks hanging out the back. Yeah, those helmets are customized and they still have to wear their hair in a certain way to make sure that helmet stays on. And we've also seen since this whole thing has become a, a trend. We've also seen helmets fall off all the time in the NFL. So, this is, it's, the helmets are not, if your hair is so thick that your helmet cannot fit on your head, that's not anybody's fault. That's your fault. And by the way, equestrians, a lot of equestrians have an absolute ton of hair. My daughter has very long hair. And she can put a helmet on, no problem. But when you set it up in dreadlocks, you've just made your head twice as thick as it was before. Of course you're not going to find a helmet that's going to fit. Finally, haircuts. This is the other thing. I think they she really kind of intimated in the article. Haircuts were racist. Haircuts didn't allow blacks to be black or their identity? First off, if hair is part of your identity, I suggest you have a very shallow identity. You wearing dreadlocks doesn't change that you're Jamaican or anything. I don't like whiskey and I'm Irish. That's not part of my identity. My hair is not part of my identity. Thank God I'm losing it. But is, does forcing someone to, to get a haircut A racist white supremacist thing the article kind of says that it kind of brings it up a little bit that black people in order to be part of white society have to cut their hair and that's racist well here's the problem with that whole argument um in anything to be in society we all have to make changes we all this is what you should be learning in school. We all have to make adjustments that we may not like. That's just called life. That's called life in a society. And if this gal does doesn't want to, if this gal doesn't want to cut her hair because that's part of her identity, then I would suggest to her stop riding horses. And maybe get something, go a little slower, like, you know, ride goats or something, or donkeys, something like that. Though donkeys are kind of assholes, so you, they might kick you off or whatever. But you can't have it both ways. You can't sit there, I mean, she'd been riding for years, right? And then suddenly she grew this mop, and now she can't get a helmet on her head. Whose fault is that? That is your choice to grow your hair. I Again, if your hair is your identity, you got problems. The big question I have is This is the stupid story the New York Times decided to release. This is the problem with defining racism everywhere. It takes a lot of work to sit back and say, well, equestrians are now Equestrian event is now racist because I have I can't have dreadlocks because I can't put a helmet on. That's racist. Wow, that's a that's a real stretch. That's a that's a tough stretch to make. And and it, it begs the it begs the question: if everything is racist, is there racism? Okay, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.